Hey, BFH2K. Josh Deakin. Mr. Josh Deakin. He forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> and John Willis, J-R-E Willis. One day we're going to perfect that. And it's just going to be like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. We, should, wanna, we, need, we, we, <laughs> we need to have a really like slick uh, way to start. And we are the Venga Boys. Okay, <laughs> Let's talk about our topic, John. Uh, right, so in this episode, we are going to look at does gear matter? Something the big that, question. Yeah, you know, a lot of people discuss it, so we're going to look at that. Uh, we're also going to look at uh, editing apps and workflows and the way that different people, uh, there's only three of us here, but I'm sure a lot of people will have different ways of working, mm-hmm. so as might line up with yours. Uh, more on that later on. Yes, don't forget to also follow us on social media. We've got our own handles, of course, but we've also got the podcast one, Get The Shot Podcasts on Instagram and GTS underscore podcast on Twitter. Fantastic. So um, the question that often gets uh, banded around a lot is, does gear matter? Um, And I suppose it's one of those things where uh, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, maybe your answer is, it's fine, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, If you're willing to spend the money, maybe people then argue that it does really matter and it's really, really important. I think placebo comes into it a lot as well. Like You want to believe that your gear is great and the the saying of the best thing that you own, uh, like you know, in terms of camera, photos and video, the best thing that you have on you constantly is your phone. So for most people, it's just like, well, why would I pay more of the odds? I mean, I know my phone was like a thousand pounds, like the XS iPhone. But you, you, and then you compare it to the camera. The my, my, all of my gear is nearly the price of my phone. But I know the. I, I don't think of the phone price. I think of how much it costs to make the phone. And the phone costs about four hundred pounds for Apple to produce. So mm. I think of it as more four hundred pounds. You'd be surprised how little I it costs. I bet it's Apple. a tenner. The iPhone five. That was the iFixit yeah. uh, breakdown. The iPhone five S. I think would worked out something like forty nine pounds or something ridiculous, and they sold it for like <laughs> seven hundred pounds or something. It was ridiculous. It was the mm. the disparity was bonkers. So it's quite interesting. Um, and like you say, the placebo effect maybe of gear, uh, and whether it does make much difference uh, to your shots. It's open to debate, I suppose. You know, if you mm. if you want to. You want to justify the money you've spent, maybe, to say, well, it has made it better. It has made my photos look better. So it is quite interesting. I think it's personal preference, though, a lot of the time. You know, I started on, like, a Nikon D3200. I'm going to go... Surprising um, that people start with Nikon. Yeah, well, I mean... Like, <laughs> no, to, be, to be fair, like, I went Bad to college, one. and it was the only one that my sister, my sister bought it me as a start-up. It's the only one we could afford, and I literally just had that with the kit lens. Yeah, but solid camera. You know, ultimately. And do you know what? It did its job. It did its job, and I still have it. You know, and I've passed. I like to pass it on to people that are starting photography. I've had a lot of people like borrow it. Um, I've still got my twelve hundred D Canon. For those who don't know, what that is. Uh, and I've been waiting for to give it to someone, but obviously I don't have a lens with it. Mm. So like, it's sort of the case. Like, oh, you can try it, but you have to use one of my lens. So like, I'm kind of hoping that somebody is, you know wanting to try out the camera but they won't want to have my lens for too long it's like I know I'll trust you with it I suppose it's one of those things that if somebody if somebody sort of said if you said like I really want to give it to this person because they're trying to start out in photography then actually giving them that camera and then buying a a 90 pound 50mm 1.8 a 90 pound introduction to digital SLR technology is actually really cheap Uh, you know they buy they buy an SD card and they're good to go really Um, and obviously Mm. like you know we talk um, gear isn't just hardware we also have the software side of things Mm -hmm. as well which we'll come on to but I think the the gear is one of those things where sometimes you have um, 
this perception that you must have the latest and greatest. Yeah. And I, I've kind of I've fallen into this a little bit. You know, I mm. I've moved I've moved quite early on into a mirrorless camera. Mm. You um, jump ship really quick. Yeah, really early. I was you know five years mm. ago. Which... But did you have really any allegiance? Not really. I mean, I got quite a collection of Nikon lenses. To be fair. Mm. So you both um, started out on Nikon, and I yeah. started with Canon. So like. You guys started on something not many people really care too much. I mean, not nothing against Nikon, honestly. They are a good camera company. Pretty, but... pretty big though in terms of yeah. following. I mean, like somebody like Matt Granger on mm. on YouTube, who's well followed. But you don't uh, hear many people raving about Nikon as much no. as Canon or Sony these days. But I think that's they got down to down a bit. in the digital era, they fell foul a little bit. In film, they were really highly respected, mm. and you know, you've but still then got I think people. a Fuji film for for film, I do. Uh, so... Not for not for high end. Um, or Panasonic for, yeah but for high end film Nikon mm. or Canon or Pentax actually. right Pentax yeah, yeah. Pentax has always been pre-retro and like stuff like cars. that as well. don't you think it's like the car system mm. so a lot of people you know I have a Kia people don't really associate Kia with being an amazing car you'd look at your Land Rovers hey it's like your, it's like your gleamy you teeth know. kind of colour it is but it's quite nice it, if it drives and it looks like a car and it talks a like car, a car it's a car if it goes brum brum and it does where it goes where you want to go oh, then it's, it's a car, a car. and I'm paying that much tax on it <laughs> yeah so I think it's one of those things isn't it where it, the gear is what you make of yeah. it oh gosh and, yeah you know the gear is not the be all and end all really no. The gear can't make you take better photos. There's many arguments if, yeah. to say what's worth what. Like you say, like someone like Casey Neistat might say that like he's okay with the gear breaking. Like he'll, you, you, if you've seen Casey Neistat, you'll know that he's notorious for his camera going poof on the table like millions of times and things break every five minutes. He's broke like 20 million drones and he's got a drone. So he used to have a cemetery wall for that. Yeah, he's got his ATDs. It kind of shows wall. you he's like, he doesn't, it's not like he doesn't care about the gear, but the problem is, is for him, he's, he's a money-making YouTuber. He's he's jumped in so many strides that, like, for people like you and me, like, we treat them like they're our pet. Well, yeah, because ultimately they are baby, yeah. they are expensive. They're like, one of, they are one of the most expensive things you'll probably buy other, 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 than, other than cars and things like that. And I think the thing is, is if you think about the cost of high-end digital cameras now, they are expensive. Mm. Um, the lenses, and I think this is what why a lot of people don't want to move away from it's the... It's like printers, their, isn't it, yeah. with the ink? They don't want to move away, though, from that ecosystem they're in because if you're in an ecosystem of Canon lenses, mm. the thought of having to rebuy all of those lenses mm. in a Sony camera or a Fuji camera or a Nikon mirrorless camera mm. now or whatever... Even without the mount, the yeah. only, you know, like yeah. converter. And that, but then the converters generally, they don't give you native... You or, lose things as, like autofocus yeah. and other things. Well, you can keep the autofocus when you go to mirrorless, but it's things like you just don't have quite the speed of autofocus. You don't have the same clarity. Lens. No, again, the lenses are all right, but you no, just the, lose... The, uh, no, not the, no, not the clarity, that's not the word. Um, uh, you don't have the same flow that you had originally. Like, it's... it's yeah, it's, so you'd you have... get the same experience, but it's tainted. Yeah, in the, a way. The, you know, like the autofocus. If you're using, say, a Canon seventy two hundred on a on a Sony body, depending on which adapter you use, whether you use a Sigma or a Metabones or something like that, mm. you're likely to notice a bit of a drop off in performance. And it's a bit more slow. Whether, whether you accept that and just go, well, do you know what? It means I haven't had to fork out thousands of pounds. You kind of think whether it's like you you you're okay to drop a bit of performance for the quality of the image. Or do you prefer to just go all out and just go for the you know the ones for the and make? buy the native glass, yeah. Mm. And the native glass, unfortunately, like any camera systems, they're expensive. 
So, oh yeah, Sony's one of the most expensive out there. I'd say they're comparable though. I mean, I I compared recently. I compared um, like a, a sixteen to thirty five Canon two eight mm. and a sixteen to thirty five Sony two eight. They're within a hundred pound of each other. Okay, There's no enough. real difference. Which one was talking, the more expensive one? Uh, I actually think the Canon was for the two. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. About, I take that yeah. back. Then I just think Sony has an expensive reputation, but they make ex- like really good cameras. Yeah. That's where you got to think, think you can justify it. I think they can flex like that. I had an interesting conversation with um, somebody in my DMs. Um, and, <laughs> so uh, your DMs. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> we were talking about cameras because this person has just moved over to full frame Sony, um, and they were they were crop sensor Sony before, Didn't the same have. as I was. And um, he's moved over. And what's interesting is he said he bought uh, like a Sony G lens, which is like not their budget lens; it's like their mid-range lens. Mm. Still very good. But it's not their G Master. Like their, didn't they bring? Like a, didn't they buy out a company? Sony. They, I'm sure Sony's camera range. They bought out a company that had all the lenses originally, well, and then have, they made it their own. Sony merged with Minolta. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, Minolta. But the the Sony glass, and particularly with the the companies like Zeiss that they've yes, got reputations yeah. with and stuff like that. So uh, he was saying, like you know, the G Master lens. He bought a, a G series lens, so sort of mid range, twenty four to one hundred five mil lens. Mm. And the G Master equivalent of that is two and a half times more expensive. Wow. You don't get two and a half times the image quality. Yeah. So he couldn't justify it. I wouldn't justify it. And it's just one of those things where... So the quality, the quality yeah. matches the price. It's that thing, isn't it? Of You start to see the price going up mm. and the, the rate at which the quality of images and things like that goes up is probably not at the same rate. So mm. you start, your trade-offs, you know, you, the pros and cons are starting to get a little bit more distance. That's what I've learned more with the fact that uh, I fought for a while at 99 pounds was quite a good deal for an 18 to 35. The problem is though, once you get out towards, um, not 18 to 35, sorry, 75 to 300, once you go out towards 300, it was just completely, like, so much clarity was gone, so much, it, it was almost feathered. But you've also, you've also got to think, and this is where when you're talking about gear, a lot of people like the convenience of a zoom lens Mm -hmm. but what you do is a zoom lens is inherently a compromise it's it's a compromise it's a compromise where you go okay i don't have to carry a 70 mil 100 mil a 200 mil and a 300 mil lens but actually this lens does it all Mm. just at a slightly worse standard Mm. and actually at 70 mil it was probably fine yeah at the the very far end and particularly if it's not stabilized or particularly if your body is not stabilized you'll struggle even even being that was terrible like like, like, you could kind of i mean it's probably not a really good good comparison but if you think of like hair hair for example you could go for the quick two in one which most people will be happy and satisfied with but two in ones always is isn't always good for some hair like head and shoulders they do the greasy hair which i use Sometimes, Sometimes I end up going and using the more premium products. products. But what I'm, what I'm trying, trying to say is, say is all about the premium. What you have to think is, it's like with the 75 to 300, that's one, two in one. Whereas if you broke it down to these smaller brackets, brackets of millimeters, millimeters between them, there's more there's more in there than there is. But then you can just go and get the two and get the two essentially. Yeah, and I suppose if you think about it, the fact is that you don't want to spend more than you need to for most people if it's your profession and you rely on it to make an income then you can kind of justify spending the money and actually I've talked talked to quite a few people who uh, at at networking events that would be classed as professionals I suppose and you know they'll say like it's a tool and it is a tool in much the same way that you know if you had a taxi driver his car is his tool but actually the fact is is that if you rely on it to make a living well actually 
a thousand pound on a lens if it's going to make you five ten grand over the year well actually does it matter you know and that's the difference the between, between being, being useful and just flexing i don't know because i found I, I don't like carrying too many lenses so i've got like 50 mil 18 like i'm don't ever use my kit lens on that one um, lenses, but i just went out and bought i've been trying to figure out what my lens is for like the past five years <laughs> that's why i was a bit quiet i was like oh my god what lens is it I don't know, it's like, it's like a, a 18 to 100 something, it's still like that, it's still like that. Oh, it's really like an 18 to 200 or an 18 no, to 105. No, it's less than that, it's because it does close, close up, but it's really good for like, um, so it's also, it's like because you can get your full body really easily, mm-hmm. and then you can get your very close up, like, in the face. Oh, okay, so it might be like an 18 to 70 so or something like that. So, so like, like would that, that mean it's a macro then as well? I'm like, terrible. It depends, well macro is only how close it can focus, isn't it? So really i suppose the ultimate thing if you think about like my current setup i mean that brings us kind of onto what we use and mm. by no means is it the the only things you can use and yeah. i've spoken to a lot of photographers over the last few years and they've all got different opinions on what they use and why they use it oh, yeah. so you two both shoot canon mm-hmm. uh, and you start speaking in model numbers that i don't understand so <laughs> um i mean it might I'll be just say that the bargain comp- bargain ones like the original camera I had was the bargain one the one I've got now is the one that everyone has proed over for vlogging and all sorts the 60D it's yeah. the one that, it's even even people who are non-canon know what a 60D is because yeah. it's the it's like the G7X it's the pickup camera for most people mm-hmm. so you shoot with a 60D mm-hmm. and what lenses do you normally shoot with uh, so I still have the kit lens the 18 to 55 which I really doubt I'm picking up me picking up out of my bag most of the days now I pick up the 50 majority of the time but now I would say the 24 because I've, I mean I've only had it recently so I can't really say it's over the 50 yet I've had it out less times because I've had it for a small amount of time but I think I will choose a 24 now over that because I'm a crop sensor yeah. so uh, for those who don't know what cropping means it means that like you basically have to kind of compensate for the fact say a 50 will be more like a 70 to 72 yeah uh, so my 24 is more like a 30 a 30 or 36 mm. or 38 depends, it depends doesn't it on the uh, camera manufacturer so really like does, on, a, yeah. on a four thirds camera you, I think you times it by two on a APS-C if you're on a Sony mm-hmm. yeah, it's one and a half times so uh, like a 30 would become a 45 Blimey, that's big. Um, uh, but Canon's 1.6 so I think it's more so I think okay. your your thirty five would become a fifty nine or something like that. So so my twenty four would be more closer to a forty. Yeah, forty forty two. Well, I mean, that's mad. Yeah. Mm. So it's puts it, it into perspective for you, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it, but the problem is, and some people might, I suppose, if you're listening to this and you don't really understand focal lengths and stuff like that, mm. it only becomes really a problem if you have to shoot in situations where you can't take a step back. Yeah. You know? So uh, this is one of the reasons why you might fall over someone. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone's going. Well, oh, or you just, or you just might not be able to step back. It might be that the room is too small and you can't yeah. get the photo in so, so. It's, that, it's that room moving in moment like where you're like the room's well, there's plenty yeah. of times that you couldn't st- like you know if you're in a crowd of people yeah you know yeah and i think it's that thing of um you know when we talk about uh in our previous episode we talked about portraits there's been a traditional uh focal length of sort of mm-hmm. anywhere between uh well on a full frame sensor so on a 35 mil equivalent of anywhere probably between 50 and 100 mil ish that it looks pleasing in terms of to the eye, looks natural. That's probably the right word I'd put it, yeah, yeah, pleasing. Pleasing to the eye, quite aesthetically natural in terms of it doesn't distort the face, it doesn't make uh, facial features mm. look Because if, if, if you've already got to that point before you've got it on Instagram, you've got no chance in hell with Instagram. Yeah, and I think it's more the fact that you just don't want to like 
unless you're going for that look, you don't want to distort things, so you don't want their legs to look longer or mm. their ears to look like yeah. they're disp- disproportionately spaced between their head and things like that. So, you know, it's, it is quite interesting that when you think about the way that people look at gear. Um, mm. I mean, I've tried to consolidate. I know you were saying, uh, Billy, that you don't really like carrying much kit because, no. you know, ultimately you've got to cart it around all day and it's I'm just, just knackering. Get too much. Especially yeah. as you've probably seen the way I put my stuff in my bag. Mm. Well, yeah. Just chucking in. With no protection. Uh, well, and t- to me, I, I kind of, I've now gone down the route of, I shoot with um, a Sony a7 III. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also shoot with uh, Tamron lenses now, mostly. Mm. So I've got a Tamron uh, 17-28-28. So that's a wide angle. That covers everything like architecture and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Then I cover a, a 28-75-28. to So mm-hmm. that's a really nice lens as well. And that can focus super close. Like it can get really cl- up close to stuff. Well, that must be interesting. So it's really nice. Um, so you can do like really close to eyes mm. and things like what that. What are you shooting with now with the video form? So the video is on the 17-28-28. Uh, the oh, I think you sh- I remember you showed me earlier. It looks not like a fish eye, but yeah. like how it's very wide. You can get you makes can, the room yeah. look bigger than it is. makes the room look bigger because you can get everything in. And the thing is, that 17mm, a lot of people might go, well, that's not that wide. I've mm. seen 12mm lenses. But those 12 mils are generally for crop sensor, mm. which would then equate to about an 18mm. Yeah. So actually, your 17mm on a full frame is actually mm. really mm. wide. Like, it's funny you say that because I, the reason why I got to know a bit about camera photography, even before I even started photography, is that... Um, for those who uh, UK listeners, you'll know there's a show called The One Show and their studio is very small. It's like it used to be the cafeteria in the broadcasting mm-hmm. house in the BBC and they use lenses that make it look bigger. And because I went on the tour there, I got to ask the people, like some of the people who were going to be doing it for the later evening and I got to ask the question and they just answered. They goes, yeah, we're using lenses that obviously make the room proportionally bigger. So when you go there, you're like, whoa, this place is so small. How did you manage to fit this many people in there? And it's literally like, not that the camera's like literally right next to your hand or right next to someone's head, yeah. but it's enough to be like, say, I'm sitting here, you two are sitting there, but it looks like you're sitting at the far yeah. end of the room instead. Yeah, and it's so all like about that, that, that perspective, perspective, isn't perspective. it? Yeah, and I think it's that interesting thing. And, you know, I, I've got those two Tamron lenses. Again, if, if, if a lot of you no doubt do research and stuff before you buy gear um, oh, yeah. I'm sure like all of us guys we probably looked and did you would just of, buy it out right yeah. now they um, were looking at me like hmm does, Billy does do she that? do her research does or does do she that? just go this looks good I buy mine used actually yeah, well interestingly so I got my camera used yeah, well I yeah. sell a lot of stuff generally See, to MP find, find John and Depop because yeah. <laughs> it's the same it's exactly the same thing it has a few dust specs yeah. that have no interruption they're just and normal and the dust specs things. generally are completely solvable in editing yeah. software if you need <laughs> to I it's interesting as well. I mean, it, it brings us on to a topic a little bit as well, where you buy your gear from. So like, obviously you've said MVP, which yeah. is a, a well known brand in the UK. Mm. Um I actually have bought a few things from uh, E Infin, which is like a grey import site. Um my Which bo- you get really my, cheap, don't yeah, you? Yeah, my body came um from the the same site and the body uh, basically, a body and the kit lens cost me the same as body only in the UK. Yeah, uh, it was like, yeah, like Amazon or yeah, something. Yeah, five hundred quid cheaper, you know. And okay, yeah, people go, oh, you don't get the warranty. Okay, how many times have cameras really broken? Really? Well, no. When would you ever call up you the know, warranty no. as well? I mean, so in reality, unless it's unless it's something that it's you always think, people oh, trying to you know, say you're wrong for doing it or like it's illegal, which it isn't. It's no. a grey area though, that's for sure. Well, it just basically means that you don't get manufacturer support. Mm. So um, they're landed in the UK, so they tax them. 
but it's just the fact that you're just not getting the backup, and that's why they're cheaper because you're not getting you can't you know you're basically I, not getting the saves in it. Yeah, if my lens, if I uh, if I bought a Sony lens, so I bought my Zeiss fifty five one eight uh, from there, and ultimately it means that if that lens broke, mm. I'd have to go to them. Not to Sony, which is even though you you're sacrificing that safety net, you've still got some sort of safety net with them because they're yeah. not just because of the fact that they've obviously had to tax it themselves. They feel they, they, I mean, maybe they don't. They, you think they should, but they well, most people think they don't. So they have that sort of care yeah. and support. Yeah, and ultimately, let's be honest: is you pay for it on a credit card, mm. and if they refuse to touch it, you just go right. I'm going to claim, do a charge back on my credit card. Yeah, and you know nothing that I've ever had from there has turned up dead. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you know, and it turns up quickly. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things of, you know, if you can save a third of the price on all your gear, that means you can buy the lens that you mm. wanted that you couldn't normally afford. It's which more gives money you more to creative. invest yeah. into other things. Other stuff, I'd rather yeah. buy it used, yeah. knowing it's just got a few dust specs. That's why people yeah. buy used yeah. cars, not just because of the fact of insurance, exactly. but it's, it's because you've got that reliability of the mileage. Because when you buy a car new, what's the chances it'll break down in the first six months? There's a good chance Pretty it might. Much. But if it's past six months and it's used, then there's a good chance that it's broken down once before. So then it'll have, you know, that not to say like the nine lives of a cat, but like it's already had a chance to break down. So if it breaks down in the future, it's, less be, it's, it's not as bad. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's even that though, Josh. I think it's more the fact that if you think about buying used lenses, yeah. particularly, um, they do hold their value quite well, yeah. actually. So if well, you like buy, phones, of yeah, if you, well, yeah, if you buy a fifty mil one eight lens for a hundred pounds, you'll probably be able to trade it in. However long you've had it, you'll probably trade it in for sixty-five mm. to seventy. Did you say yeah. you, you you tried you, you bought something and then sold it more yeah. expensive. So I, um, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, that was good. I mean, MBP might not be happy about this, but I bought uh, Samyang there twelve mil. This. Yeah, uh, <laughs> bought that for I think it was two four no two one seven nine I think it was sorry on uh, Ianfin. Uh, didn't like it. Uh, couldn't be bothered to send it back because I thought, well, I've got to then pay for postage and yeah. stuff like that. So MBP quoted them. And they gave me, I think it was one nine nine used, so I gained twenty pounds. Not bad on a lens. That's twenty, that I that's 20 bought, pounds from me allowing with a so, friend, with a friend, isn't so it? So it's quite interesting, really. But I suppose it is one of those things. Um, the gear, the value, uh, it kind of. Everyone has a preference. I mean, yeah. I know you like the colour science that Canon offers. Yeah, um, it's, it's one of the things that's keeping me there, as well as the cost of upgrading and moving from a and new system. it is system. huge. I mean, I, I made that joke. I, like moved... I just have to sell my kidneys for, to get Sony Canon yeah. stuff. Well, I mean, from, I'd... From well, Canon to Sony. I mean, arguably, you know, like when I moved from Nikon to Sony, I mean, I'd say I'd sell my body, but nobody buy it. So, <laughs> um, so you know, First it's one of those things, you know, so it's one of those things where it was a big move, you yeah. know, to upshift from a system that I'd been in for nearly 10 years, hobbyist-wise. I'd got a 35.18, I'd got a 50 wow. mil. I've got a 7300, I've got an 1855, I've got, you know, all sorts of lenses. I've got old vintage lenses, the old Nikon F mounts oh, that I've adapted and stuff nice. like that. And it was lovely, but then I thought, do you know what? I want something smaller. So at the time I went to an APS-C Sony and um, I went to an A6000, which again, uh, for those of you that have never seen a Sony camera, never used a Sony camera, I encourage you to go and have a look at the mirrorless cameras. Mm. Doesn't have to be Sony. Just look at how small they are. And My how first experience with the Sony was the A6300. That was quite a nice camera. And that's a lot of people yeah. use that for recording, yeah, like yeah. B-roll, don't they? Yeah. So 4K, 30 frames a second. And it doesn't one, overheat. Yeah, <coughs> RX100. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, it's one of those things where the stuff they can fit into cameras now. Mm. And the the benefits, and I know uh, Billy, you were looking earlier on the camera that's recording the video for us. So beautiful. Yeah, um, and 
you can see the changes you're making oh, yeah. live on the sensor. Yeah. Cool, yeah. You know, and that's that takes a lot of guesswork away. And people, some people, you know, I was having a conversation, he said, oh, it feels like cheating. I said, no, it's the same disparity that you had going from film to digital. Mm-hmm. The convenience of being able to see the photo before you print it. It's some, people just, way, some people like you know, to think that convenience is cheating. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, but arguably, you know, you take uh, on a 36-exposure on a film, you go and shoot a roll of film, mm. and let's say you have two useful shots, maybe, out of that roll, or you're not happy with the lighting or whatever it might be. Um, you're not going to know until you've exposed it, until mm. you've printed them, which has cost you money. Mm. Um, so you I have, would, to, put your, you have to put your neck on the line, yeah. essentially. And actually, if you're doing it for a client when you're in film, if you didn't get it right, there's no redoing it. Yeah. You know, mm. That was it. Whereas at least on digital, you had that option of going, oh, okay, mm. that doesn't look right. Mm. I've reviewed the image. It doesn't look right. On the mirrorless, it's the next step. Because mm. what you're effectively doing is saving the time of shooting it wrong to begin with mm. and seeing what you want to shoot. So that's why people think it feels like cheating, because... Like there's a very there's a very big chance that you'll have nine good photos rather than eight yeah. good photos. But I seven. would argue that on mirrorless, I retouch photos far less because I can see the lighting in real time. Mm. I can go, okay, this this. So is you how know I what to to needs doing. Yeah, well, I can see even without that. lens correction. Yeah, so I can actually go, oh, okay, the sign in the background I want, but I'm going to pull that back in sort of post. But I'm going to make sure that the the model or the the foreground and the landscape is perfectly exposed. Mm. And I can mm. see that, and it, you know things like um, exposure zebraing, so you can see when something's blown out, um, or things like focus peaking, where you can see the edge of the thing that's in focus. So mm. you, you're absolutely certain that that bit is in focus. I finally got my head around stuff like that when I when I, when uh, recently they brought in depth um, bokeh depth changing on the iPhone, so you could you could after the photo was taken you could press edit and then you could pull the the meter back and forth to see how much of the how, how what what f stop you wanted to be in essentially. Um, and obviously, not everyone who uses the iPhone in those settings knows what the yeah. f-stop means. But if you're a camera nerd, you know what you're talking about. It's, cle- it's clever. It. It's clever software, do you agree? Because you know, phone cameras obviously don't have the the ability of a a camera lens. They don't have sense. that big aperture. They don't have big apertures. They, they my camera's to... like what for a lens. It's like four point two five millimeters. Yeah. That's but, crazy. And I suppose when you consider the fact that you know when we were talking about does the gear matter? Well, if you take, uh, I mean, arguably. When we were on holiday um, a couple of weeks ago, um, my uh, brother-in-law shot mm. a few photos on his Pixel Three. They were stunning, and it's one camera, right? Absolutely stunning. It's the yeah. software that Sun- makes it yeah. work. Sunsets Pixel and sunrises, color. absolutely amazing. So good, and I'm thinking, wow. And I'm looking at it thinking, I've just walked up this massive bloody hill with this huge rucksack on with all my lenses and my filters and, he's and everything just, else. He's, like, just, he's, he's just shot, shot it. He's just pulled your pants down. Yeah, you know, he's <laughs> shot it out of a pocket. Yeah, he's pulled it out and gone, snap, and gone, that looks ace. The only, yeah. the, the only annoying thing off topic about the Pixel is that the video is terrible. It well, lets itself, It could be a complete media machine, it's just it lets itself down in video. Which is, besides the point, it just it was one of the reasons why I didn't decide to move from my phone. I'm so much in the Apple thing, I've got the Apple Watch now, I've got AirPods, I can't leave it. Josh, if Apple, if you're listening, Josh needs to be an ambassador. <laughs> he buys every product that you release. Hey, I've, so. I've actually got uses for them, so it's okay. You know, I'm going to go off topic as well. <laughs> I think a few people, just because I do not want to talk about the Google, I don't want to talk about phones. I hate oh, talking about phones. And I don't she's always on the phone when she's not on the I don't mind, No, I don't mind taking a picture <laughs> on a phone and I'm going to use it for myself, but as far as photography goes, you are not taking that photo on your phone. I'm sorry. I don't care how good it is. I'm not doing it. I think there's there is a... There's a, an argument, though, for 
if the only thing you can afford is your phone, is your phone then go wild, but just don't become a professional The funny thing is, oh, my no, friend I agree. said that the other yeah, day. I think so if, somebody, I mean, if I booked somebody for a wedding, they turned up with an iPhone X uh, Yeah, you probably want to and tell said, them to yeah, get and, yeah, and said, like, hi, yeah. I'm here. Don't worry, I've got portrait mode. <laughs> the <laughs> you fun, know, the funny like, thing mm, is, yeah. like, the camera costs more than... The, 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 the iPhone itself costs more to buy than, it, than buying a DSLR, so in most cases. Right, I'm going to keep moving because I don't so, want to talk about phone. Do not want to talk about this phone. That's why when you talk about the gear, is very important. I have a few a thing that I think a lot of people will agree with. I've said this before the other day. right? No, no, no. I said the other day, my camera's quite big. It's like a book. It's like the Canon 80D, and it's it's not exactly small. Casey, nice, no, special. Yeah. 60D's not far off of it. It's I a, can tell you big, that. Yeah, it's a bulky camera, I and um, I ha- I don't use the neck straps. I hate neck straps. So oh, I like this, I'm not big on it either. I have this spider holster hand strap, and it's amazing. Mm. You're right, love it. And so it's it, when it's on your hand, like on your wrist, it's really really heavy. But I think I would have been more inclined to have got a Sony when I was switching from Nikon. Um, if I wasn't so worried that people wouldn't think that I was professional. Now, it's not because of Sony's name. Ah. It's because the Canon that I had was bulky and big. I it had... was a dick extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a really interesting conversation with a family member. And I think I might have talked about this in the first episode. So if I did, I, I apologise. However, it was really interesting that he said to me at the time, he said, like, if you turn up with, a crop, with that crop sensor Sony, he didn't know it was a crop sensor, but, you know, if you turn up with that Sony tiny little APS-C yeah. camera for a paid job, they'll laugh at you. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I basically have to have a massive camera with a big flash on the top for people to take me seriously. You people people want you showboating your yeah. gear to it's, make it look professional. It's the perception. Come with a t-shirt, come yeah. with the, the hats, the yeah. car logos, everything. It's a perception of a photographer looks like It's a placebo. This. Yeah. And it's that thing of, mm. uh, I think, to be honest, people are getting used to the fact that Sony is just a brand that people mm-hmm. see now. Mm. Um they're doing more and more. Sony's marketing, and the same as Fuji, their marketing is getting really good at showing common places. Mm. Um, so whether it's things like Olympic Games or whatever it might be, they're there showing off their mm. gear. I have to say, um, Canon's booth this year at the photography show was a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, compared to someone but if like you're not Sony a or Nikon. Fuji, you see a Sony, Fuji are as well. But I would say mm. that Sony is a household name. Well, it is, People yeah. know Sony yeah. for playstations, for cameras, like point and shoot cameras. I wouldn't say for phones for... Much, as much anymore. Not for Their phone phones. cameras are terrible. Yeah, but ultimately, it's it's not so much about... It's, their brand recognition is there. A lot yeah. of people, if I said to a lot of people that weren't... You know, if you think they're purely amateurs, you know, they're just... Not in the camera world. They're just not in the camera world. They're just buying cameras. Most people's experience of point and shoot cameras is shh. Shocking. Right? <laughs> you want to say the S H I T word, right? It is shocking. You can and say it if you yeah. like. We haven't well, said there's yeah. an explicit problem. So it, 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 it is interesting that, you know, it is they're shocking because in much the same way that my very early point and shoot Fuji's were so crap. Like they were awful, their focusing speeds and everything like that. And times have changed. I had mm. little Fuji. Oh, oh yeah. little well, cute bridge, Fuji. Like bridge it's Fuji. when it's when it's when I handed over my little shoot fu- one my, when I was yeah, my little Fuji Fine Picks nine O something or whatever. It's so terrible that I've given it to my five year old. And she loves it, you know, but it's like, you know, the batteries last about three seconds before they're dead. <laughs> just have to keep it plugged yeah. into a computer. Yeah. Just don't pull it away from yeah. the computer. Oh no, you yeah. pull the computer over. It's just you know, it's it takes double A batteries that do literally last about three oh, seconds. Double A batteries. Oh my god, that's a vibe, isn't it? Opening up the battery bank. Well, one that I'll have to do as well at some point in the future, maybe for another episode, is when I was clearing out the cupboards at um, the school that I teach in, I found uh, a Sony 
digital camera, one of the Ooh. first early Sony digital cameras mm. that took a floppy disk. What? Right. So uh, it took a, I've got to know more. One point four megabyte disk. What? That would take VGA photos, oh. which at the time I'm sure was, and I looked at the launch price of this camera, and this camera, bear in mind, it was launched in 1992. Mm. Okay, it sold for seven. Hundred pounds. So what would that be like today? Nineteen ninety-two was a lot, lot of money. What do you think it would be in today's money? Honestly, I took a few photos. I'll have to post some up on my on my Instagram story or something. I took a few photos of it, and honestly, this, I mean, by today's standards, you're just thinking, was was that taken? You know, it is though. That, like, that the camera, turn of the century. You know, like <laughs> that camera is basically a representation of three D TVs and four K TVs and eight K TVs even today. Like. The first people that are going to buy it aren't the people that are going to use it day to day. Or electric cars. <laughs> well, I had a, you know. Well, Tesla's have got a bit more mainstream now, but yeah, besides the point you're yeah. right. Well, if you've got 70 grand. Yeah. I mean, uh, 30 grand. Uh, well, mm, pre tax. <laughs> and, and they can't make them quick enough. Mm. Right. But ultimately, <laughs> I would argue that because um, my, uh, my little girl who's five said to me, uh, when we were on holiday, she said, I want to drive when I'm older. And I said, Well, you will be able to. I said, But you might not drive. And she was like, what? <laughs> you think you, you should tell that to me? Like, because reasons. actually, when you're older, autonomous vehicles and stuff will probably become the norm. So you like the Jetsons, won't yeah, it? You might yeah. not have you to be have. driving about in the sky. Yeah, you might not have. I, I mean, like, I just don't think. I. It's it's interesting. Like, we can't even work out autonomous vehicles at the minute. So the chance of us having flying vehicles. Mm. It was a pipe dream. Years I think that ago. we will never get flying vehicles. No, I think because well, that's a plane. Well, it's a it's a plane, and also the fact that we're worried about what happens if drones bump into each other. I think we've got a serious problem <laughs> if we Is start you... putting people in them. On, honestly, yeah. of all the all the different representations in the you know TV shows like Doctor Who with New New Earth that episode, like you didn't see them crashing or anything like that. You just saw them like moving together in lines. The thing is though, like I think you know on the ground versus the sky. Like, it doesn't seem like it's going to work. But it's interesting because <laughs> she said, like, what do you mean I won't have to drive? And I said, well, because the car will probably drive itself. Mm. And she was like, what? Huh? And I was like, you'll just, I mean. you just get you know, in. We're in this awkward phase, aren't we, where we're where technology is thriving, but is being held back by historic mm. technology, kind of. So I feel like it'd be like, car, sca- sca- electric, someone will be pressing yeah. the buzzer down too hard. Well, it'll be flying everywhere. It, it'll, be, it'll, it'll get to the point, won't it, where in technology terms... If everyone has an autonomous vehicle, so if mm. every vehicle on the road is contro- computer controlled, mm. one, there should never be a crash mm. because okay. they'll know where everything is, which means insurance, theoretically, apart from people falling into your car, should never be needed <laughs> because the car should never crash. So insurance premiums there should, should really be, be traffic yeah, or It should anything? all be very automated, take the best routes mm. and stuff like that. But actually, the problem is, is at the moment, we're not at the point where, you know, if, if you literally just had huge, like... Um, mass transit systems mm. where you know I don't know Josh you go I want to go home and you just like an Uber you tap it and a pod arrives outside takes yeah. you to your house and the pod disappears and you never see it again and it's not your car nobody buys cars it's basically like Uber but you still yeah. see the, the car drive away exactly <laughs> but you don't have an Uber driver you know mm. and actually that's kind of probably Uber driver's the guy inside going you, hello you, well, and the Uber driver doesn't AI know guy. where he's going at the minute anyway he relies on Google <laughs> he's Maps he's not got so, taxi's knowledge yeah exactly so it's kind of that thing of when that happens that'll be great but if you when? take it, if we take it back to like stuff to do with phone, like cameras, for example, um, you've got phones now where you can say, "Take a selfie," and it'll take a selfie because the, the phone knows to take a selfie using the AI machine learning. And I, I like to think that in the future you'll be able to maybe not so much talk to the camera, but you'll be able to 
like how we've got um, recipes right now. Like I, I am, you know, if this then that, like you know, talking to Google yeah. Home. So you'll be out, you'll be able to set up uh, like a, like a, just a trigger button where you can just click it. It knows to focus. It knows to do this, that, and the other done. But that's probably when I'd give up photography. Because you've just took everything that I, I do away I from me. I wouldn't say it'd be for the for the people that are you know moving around doing the shoot. I say that's for the people that are, who just need it just for the quick press and does. It's, I know, it's but the you amateur took, people. You just took all the characters. But I think we'll even get to the point where you won't have to worry because if we're wearing something that records and photographs everything we mm. do in our daily lives, then you'll be able to just go back to a memory. You guys are making yeah. me depressed. There'll and it makes a difference to your workflow and the way that you shoot, yeah. then it's absolutely worth oh. investing in. Um, anybody that turns around and goes, I don't need this gear to do this job. Well, there are certain yeah. certain things that you will need certain gear to do. And yeah. actually a lot of it, and I think we've talked about it and touched on it, isn't it, is the gear probably does matter in the sense that it makes you more productive. It makes your job easier. Mm. How different you are with it and without and, it. Let's be honest, although we say like it's money, mm. but time mm-hmm. is money. And if you are quicker and more fluid in what it's you worth do, it every penny. And it can save you time, which in just, turn just is with really like money. saying like when you use discount codes for stuff or like a rail car to get a train for a further the price, if you've been able to justify the cost, you know, it's, it's not just like you say, it's like you could spend a thousand pounds on the phone, you could spend as you've got with your phone, you could spend a yeah. hundred or two hundred dollars, yeah. dollars, pounds. You know what I mean? This boy is so American. <laughs> you just think of that asymmetry. <laughs> just used to Apple. The, d- the demographic, <laughs> the demographic that watch the videos, dollars, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, y- you know, if, if both do the same thing, yes, but is there one key thing that the other one does different to the other? You know, the, you got, there's, there's got to be a difference because there's a reason why people go for budget phones because they want to save money. But yeah. if they've got all the features there, then more people who buy the bigger phones will probably come down to the other phones. Well, you I think, get that middle ground then. I know Billy hates talking about phones. Mm. Yes. Right, okay. But it is interesting that now... Because phones have become so advanced, mm. they now, on average, people are changing their phone once every four years. Yeah. Okay, and that's why phones have become a thousand pounds. Because when they're five hundred pound and you change it every two years, mm. it's, it's like fine. marketing. Mm. They can't it justify fine. it anymore. But you can't justify spending five hundred pound every four years because then Apple wouldn't make any money. As it is now, the iPhone is not making them their sole money. Oh no, it's services now. It's the their Apple services. Plus, TV and, Plus coming soon. And not only that, their iPad Pros are making them money, which is oh, is interesting. Apps. I love yeah, the iPad Pro. It looks I, good. I don't go, if I wanted a camera fruits, a phone fruits camera, um, it would be the. I'm gonna say it wrong. Hawaii. Huawei. Oh, uh, Huawei, Huawei P30 Huawei. Pro. Yes. Oh, they are. Nice if ones. I had to go, Billy with a, likes the Chinese government. I, <laughs> I have a Chinese car. It's Kia, so I've got a lot of Chinese. Hang on, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Kia's Korean. 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 Oh I was actually gonna mention at the end there, but. We haven't heard Billy's full gear yet, have we? No. We uh, left it so late to oh. ask the question. Go on, give us... Give, you, you, so, you've stayed okay, to the end okay, for this okay, part. Okay, yeah. okay. Tell us your rundown, because you've got a bag that's got uh, so, like a random Yeah, they've got the Canon 80D, mm. uh, with the spider holster, obviously. Um, oh, hello. strap, because who needs an neck strap? <laughs> uh, I, got the kit no lens. Neck strap. I got the kit lens, which I have, but I never used on this camera, which is really odd. I don't want <laughs> anybody on this. You just carry it anyway. Um, Salute. <laughs> I'm going to... Well, for what, though? For what? 
Oh, it's I don't know. They'll give you Not 50 quid on MVP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never get. used it. Um, I have the Canon um, 50 mil 1.8, which I actually thought was better than the 1.4 when I first bought it and then realised that that's not how that works. No. Lower is, <laughs> lower is better. Yeah, not I did always. not realise this. Not always. I would have bought most of the time. Most of the time. And then that lens, I can't remember the size of 18 to like something like that. Because uh, yeah. I'm sure um, the 1.4 is very, very expensive, isn't it? Oh yeah, well the lower like the three, aperture, so the wider the aperture. Then you're the one eight, the one eight is about hundred yeah, pounds. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, about hundred pounds. Well, the the fifty mil one eight. Every camera manufacturer has a fifty mil one eight, yeah. and they're yeah. all about a hundred pounds. The minute you go to a one four, it's three hundred quid. Yeah, roughly, Jeez. give or take. Because that that lens, that I really can't remember the zoom of. Um, <laughs> it was supposed to be about six hundred, and I got it for like. 300 on MPB. So, Pretty good. Uh, you'll have to go and check out that order uh, that history soon. And then, you know, everything into bit for lights. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag spons. No. Small little plug. Spons. <laughs> but there we go. All right, I think that's time to wrap it up for uh, episode three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> no one ever wants to say bye. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to check us out on our social medias, of course, uh, you can check mine out at Mr. Josh Deakin. Uh, me, John, at J.R.E. Willis. And Billy. <laughs> <laughs> B, is it B F or B H? It's B F H U K. And of course, the podcast uh, at the podcast uh, at the podcast at the, <laughs> at the podcast g- at the get the shot pod. Get the shot podcast. Oh god! <laughs> at GTS or the school podcast, you've got me going. We're gonna we're gonna have to have this on a little insert so yeah. we don't have to do this every week. Yeah, yeah. I can't do this. Follow every us week. on social I'm media. Sorry. I laugh at everyone. It's just gonna become a joke. It's gonna be as bad as the ad breaks when we finally have them in our podcast. You're like, oh. this video is sponsored by John. Yeah, but <laughs> well, it'll just be. I mean, like, if you ever watch YouTube podcast. as a, as a photographer, like every single fucking thing in the world is sponsored by Squarespace. It's like this video so, is brought to you by. Squarespace. Square we space. think about format for a second, <laughs> but yeah. that's for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, spawn next episode. Thank you yeah. all for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.